Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And then today on the show, we have Aiden Clemenko. Hi, Aiden. Hey, guys. I'm so excited to chat with you. We've been playing like guest phone tag forever because you're such a busy <laughs> nice. man doing awesome, awesome stuff. So, but before we get into all that stuff, do you mind introducing yourself to our listeners and giving them a background on who you are and how you get into photography? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm Aiden Klemenko. I am just recently 33 years old. Ooh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, also, <laughs> just recently living in LA, which uh, for me is kind of a cool thing. I was living on the road for a long time. Uh, mm. This is the first time paying rent in about seven years. Wow, <laughs> so, no way, seven years? Yeah, big step to be in one place uh, for the foreseeable future, uh, which is exciting and intimidating and uh, fun and scary and um, easy and hard and all yeah. sorts of things. But uh, I'm a photographer uh, and I also do a little bit of filmmaking, but I don't know. It's it's hard to hard to describe exactly who somebody is, who I am. What do I do? I don't know. I yeah. take pictures. <laughs> I like to travel a lot. I, uh... How, where did the photography like start? Were you like super young in high school, like a lot of our guests, or did it happen to you later in life? Yeah, I um, I grew up making movies in my neighborhood with uh, my neighborhood friends and kind of followed that through high school and kind of realized that I loved uh, being behind the camera. I loved using the mm-hmm. camera to to explore things, to tell stories, to um, get to know people, get to know a place. Uh, and I started taking community college classes. Uh, my, my high school didn't provide, we didn't have any you know film classes or anything like that, like most high That's schools probably. That's a shame. Um, and they did, however, um, have this PSEO program, a post-secondary option where they allowed you to get high school credit by going to a local community college. Uh, oh, and the community nice. college had, uh, film courses. Uh, so I started going to, I'd take the city bus. I felt like a cool kid. You know, I, I got to leave my high school and wow. get on the city bus and go, uh, downtown and go to college with all the college kids. And I don't know, I'm like 16, 17 years old. Um, so I was, I was a little young and I was, uh, studying film and, uh, I thought I was going to grow up to make big movies and kind of followed that, uh, into college. I, I decided I wanted to go into filmmaking in college. And as a, you know, program requirement, we, we needed to spend, a year in the dark room uh, doing mm. photo stuff. And I absolutely fell in love with photography uh, in the dark yep, room. Yep, that'll do it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I did. I, I studied film. I graduated with a degree in film, but I also slapped on a degree in photography uh, as well. And uh, since then, um, have really, photography really has 
uh, taken over for me. I, I consider myself a photographer well before I consider myself a filmmaker. Mm, love the switch. Yeah. Yeah. That one darkroom class. I'm always <laughs> yeah, jealous exactly. of like the guys that, the, the kids that had the camera. Like when I was a, cause I, I'm a late bloomer to the photography thing and video thing. And I mean, I took photography in school, but as I said a million times on the show, never paid attention, was more mm. concerned of the girls in the class, yada, yada. <laughs> but I always had friends that were just like rolling with video cameras like documenting sure. everything and it was like oh i want to do that but i just could never you know afford it as a i have tapes uh from high school i'd bring my video camera to high school and just film people film my friends yes. film myself I'm so jealous, uh, See, so jealous. I, I, I don't think i was a cool kid you know i don't think anyone saw me and was like wow that kid's cool <laughs> with the camera i think everyone's like huh, what is that kid doing uh, but i do want to dig up those tapes and i'm not really sure how the hell i would figure out how to play a mini dv tape these days but if i were able to figure that out i would love i can help to you with that. that just shoot me a message yeah, i got okay. you all day yep or i can even do one better there's a place pretty local to us, Aiden, who who does them for like $15 a pop. But they oh, do, wow. the more you bring in, the cheaper they get, I think. And I just yeah, recently found pops. my whole stash from, from, from high school, but I never brought them <laughs> into high school. I was always after school that I was recording. I'm so curious to look back and, and see what, what types of things mm-hmm. were catching my eye. You know, what was I focused yeah. on? Was it girls? Was it my friends? <laughs> was it, you know, who knows? I, I can't remember. Man, I can do you one better. I mean, if you got the time to do it and don't feel like spending in a fortune you can get like a, a conversion kit on amazon to just do it right okay. on your computer you there know you go. It, 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 i think it goes up to 4k these days you know everything's oh, 4k wow. so you can take yeah, your little sure. video and make it awesome. huge but yeah maybe i'll look into that yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, I will too. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't go spending. I mean, unless you really want some. I'm sure if you're paying that much, they're giving you some high quality yeah. stuff. Like if you just want it to burn like a DVD or to just if you're doing a little documentary type thing, you know, you don't need it right. to be some mega deal when you can just go on Amazon and spend, you know, Shame. fifty bucks on hmm. a little a little kit. So we were talking about high school. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. I uh, I graduated high school and um, actually before before even going to college, I uh, I had a bad I had a bad snowboarding accident in in mm. uh, high school. I, I broke my neck. Uh, <gasps> and, oh man! Uh, wow. Yeah, I I was a competitive. I grew up in Minnesota um, where we have no mountains, and if you like snowboarding, then you're doing park. Uh, and if you're doing park, then you're falling a lot. And if you're falling a lot, you're falling straight onto ice because we don't have very much, uh, oh, snow. Geez. So I was competing and I was, you know, in high school and I was going through growth spurt and I was kind of dumb and, uh, reckless and pushing myself. And I broke my neck in high school. And so after Jeez. high school, I took a year off to kind of just focus on myself, process a little bit. And, uh, I don't know. I took a gap year. I went down to South America and traveled South America for seven or eight months, uh, wow. with a backpack. And I was, I wanted to bring a camera, but I didn't want to bring a, a video camera. I felt like if I were bring, if I brought a video camera, then I was creating some sort of film and then all of a sudden mm. that would be the focus of, of my trip. And so I thought that maybe I would take a still camera down and uh, kind of explore still photography a little bit and be able to not necessarily focus on a single project, but kind of just explore with a camera, creating one-off images. Uh, and it was 
it was on that. I I uh, I kind of taught myself. Uh, I think what was it? It was a Canon 30D. Mm. Taught myself uh, how to move away from auto settings and kind of the relationship between aperture, shutter speed, mm-hmm. um, ISO stuff like that. Um, yeah. Kind of got to know the camera, and uh, man, I, I thought it was hot shit. When I came back, I was like, <laughs> oh, I've got a portfolio. You know, this is good. This is great work. You know. Mm-hmm. I shot JPEG the whole time. The first thing oh. I learned when I got to school was don't shoot JPEG, and I was like, "Well, yeah. shit." So I went. I went to college, and uh, like I said, fell in love with the dark room, and uh, it was kind of a. It was pretty obvious at that point that that's what I wanted to. That that that's where my interest was. So man, I love that that was a requirement too. By the way, yeah, totally. I mean, uh, there's there's. It's, I think it's kind of. You, you got to understand how cameras work. You got to understand how to tell a story with a few images before you can, you know, tell a story with a ton of images. And so I think that both on the technical side of things and on the narrative side of things, starting with photography is, I don't know, it's, it's, I think, an important piece of figuring all that out. Mm. And I think that they also recognize that by forcing people to take pictures, maybe they'll get some more photographers and, you know, steer them over that way. Mm-hmm. Help help kids figure out you know a little bit more of what they want to do. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but anyways, it it works for me. I I still I still love filmmaking. I when I moved here about a year ago, year and a half ago, I still kind of exploring whether I wanted to kind of retrace those steps a little bit and dive into cinematography and whatnot. But uh, but still, I I you know photography is through and through where my heart lies and what gets me most inspired and most excited. I. I I do. I like. I like working with teams. You know, I think that's the thing about yeah. cinema that, mm. that really draws me in. I, I love working with people. I love working on projects. I love learning from people. I, I, I recognize that I, I am so bad at so many things. <laughs> and there's there are people who relate. are so much better. <laughs> there are people who are so much better at this stuff and more creative or have different ideas and and coming together uh, to kind of uh, work on something and bring those different ideas and those different approaches. Uh, those different styles together is is really cool, you know, and I think that that is something that you can achieve with photography, but obviously yeah. is much more of a movie magic thing. So sometimes when I feel like I'm, you know, a little too self-focused, I'll try and hop on a video project and I don't know, maybe just PA or, or you know, get some BTS work and uh, yeah. kind of just feel like I'm part of something for a little while. That's yeah. That's like... A very good point about filmmaking is it is so much a, a team effort to where sometimes with photography, especially if you're, I don't know, the kind of work you do when you travel, you're kind of alone, right? Like, totally. Yeah. It gets like kind of, I would imagine kind of lonely, but then coming together to work on something like that, it's a completely different emotional state almost. Yeah. I feel like that's why I've always been so drawn to like Avedon or mm. uh, Leibovitz and stuff because mm-hmm. you yeah. see their work and they have like a full crazy concept thing. It yeah. looks like a movie set when you right. watch, totally. you know, old, old school behind the scenes of their stuff. Yeah. I never really totally. thought of it that way before, man. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good take on this. I like this. <laughs> so how did you start? So you just, you've said that you, you haven't had a, like a home base in a very long time. Mm-hmm. How did that process start? To, I mean, I imagine it kept snowballing. And- COVID actually uh, mm. kind of pushed me out of my vehicle and eventually to LA. I, um, <clears throat> let's see, 
uh, I was living out of my truck uh, with this goal of traveling South America and photographing South America. I, like I said, traveled South America when I was uh, 18 uh, for a handful of months. Um, I actually spent some time growing up uh, down in Ecuador with my family when I was much younger. Uh, for like a year and a half. Um, So I learned Spanish and kind of fell in love with Ecuador, made friends, and we kept going back every year. So I was able to not only make those friends, but maintain those relationships and maintain my relationship with uh, Spanish, with traveling Mm. and get to know uh, Ecuador and surrounding countries. Uh, So I have been trying to get a vehicle down to South America and travel South America in a vehicle that I can carry a ton of film, a ton of processing Mm chemicals, um, have my own space to formulate ideas, work through stuff and and be down there long enough that I can see my own work and see my progress in the projects that I'm working on. Uh, I think that having traveled down there in the past uh, for periods of time with backpacks full of undeveloped roles and not really having any idea what I have uh, is, mm-hmm. is tough. It's hard to work on a project yeah. without seeing that work, especially over a long period of time. And so my idea was if I have a vehicle, then I can process my film. I can see my work. I can kind of gauge where I'm at, what I need more of, what I have too much of. Yeah. And I got down to South America and COVID hit. So hmm. uh, about a month, a month into this trip, which I was anticipating being a year, maybe two years uh, long, got stuck in Ecuador, which was convenient because um, I have a number of friends still there. Uh, and mm. I, like I said, I know the country very well. So I was stuck in Ecuador for the first three or four months of COVID. And it was great. I was living with uh, a friend and his family up in the foothills of this gorgeous volcano on a little plot mm. of land we had wow it sounds goats beautiful and cows yeah. and a little stream running through it that we could swim in it was very mm. idyllic we were very separated from the rest of uh we, we were separated from everything which was good and bad it was it was great for those first few uh months but then uh, George Floyd was killed. Uh, I'm from mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Minnesota and Minneapolis was erupting blocks away from my house all my friends I I was seeing more on my friends uh instagram stories than i was in the news and all of a sudden yeah i felt so much further away yeah. than than i'd felt you know right before that um, i was pretty content with staying down there the whole time uh, but then as soon as that happened i i felt like i really needed to get home and as a photographer i wanted to uh be there documenting right. all of this you know kind of unfolding but uh Flights were still, borders were closed. I couldn't get out of Ecuador. Um, So I had to wait for a little while. uh, And then I eventually did make it home. And within a week of, uh, maybe within two weeks of being home, I met my current girlfriend. Uh, We fell in love. And um, and, uh, she is also from Minnesota, um, but lives here in LA. We were both planning on being home. She she had come home uh, for similar reasons. We both had kind of individually planned on coming home for two weeks. my, My bag was packed for two weeks. Uh, we met each other and ended up staying in Minnesota together for five or six months, uh, kind of just mm. enjoying each other, you know, enjoying mm. uh, kind of that fledgling love, which was really cool. And also Minnesota, despite uh, the social unrest, was a very pretty place to be during the pandemic. And in the summertime, Minnesota really opens up. People have spent all winter cooped up inside. And then as soon as spring and summer hit, everybody's outside and there's a lot yeah. to do outside. We have lakes and 
bike trails and um it was just a really nice it was a really nice place so we we spent all summer in minnesota and moved down here to la and now my life is completely different <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how life can just flip on a yeah. dime like that yep. huh? i have all these plans it's like and then what's the point almost sometimes totally. you know absolutely absolutely but uh i left my truck in south america because I borders know. were closed I was... and uh yeah I couldn't talk get it about out. that oh, yeah God. So my, my truck was kind of this little time capsule, right? It was, I was living in it, ready to travel the world and I uh, left it there and it was there for two years. I, I just, borders just opened up with Peru and Colombia uh, about a month ago. And so I went down and drove it out of Ecuador and into Peru where it is now sitting, uh, waiting for Jenny and myself to come down and kind of finish up this trip later this year. Yay. Will be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm so thrilled to be going back with somebody. You know, mm. uh, I love oh, I, I love tra- I love traveling by myself. And honestly, I think I produce better work when I'm by my, by myself. I'm I'm more productive. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel so bad stopping the car, jumping out, and spending some time, in a, <laughs> you know, wherever. But being able to share those experiences with somebody is uh, there's just nothing better than that. I think that so uh, when you are in a foreign country. And you are kind of constantly exposed to, you know, all sorts of things, a lot of really great things, mostly great things, but also it's, it's hard, right? You know, you, you, you're somewhere that's not your own and you're always a foreigner and that's tiring. And, um, having somebody there Mm. to kind of support you in that and someone who you can support in that, it's, it's all of a sudden it becomes this, this, this team effort. And I think it really brings, brings people, it, it, it can definitely tear people apart. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> and I think that, uh, despite it being hard, it really is an opportunity to, uh, bring people together too, which I'm really looking forward to. So yeah, you're going to have a blast. That's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I remember seeing the journey of you in your, in your van developing, <laughs> scanning, like all, all right there. Yeah. And I was like, man, he's living the life. This is like, yeah. that's the best. And he's like, in this beautiful country. And I remember yeah. he had that little stray cat for a while. I was like obsessed with the, <laughs> the story of the little stray cat. I had a number of stray cats. That was the first one. Uh, but uh, just this last time, so I've had three now, three cats just kind of wander into my truck and hang out with me and stay so for cute. You know, however long. That one stayed the longest because I was there for, you know, three or four months. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, all the tuna fish I eat. I, <laughs> Man, I would be bringing them all home. I'm I such know, a you're sucker. this cat guy right here. Yeah. Forget it. Come on, guys. <laughs> be making stowaways yeah. uh-huh. in a suitcase yeah. somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool. It's a uh, it it is a you know it's it's a process that's taken me a little taking me some time to figure out uh, the right uh, chemistry that you know I can uh, store dry and then mix down there. It's not going to expire. Mm-hmm. You know, finding the right scanning system that's going to pack away small. I mean, when you're when you're in living out of a truck, space is a you know it's a consideration. Every little bit yeah. Um, yeah. counts, and so anything that you have is. You got to make sure that it is exactly what you need. But I feel like I've got it. I've got a pretty good handle on things now. I've, I'm able to produce negatives that I'm happy with. I'm able to scan. Uh, the hardest part is as soon as I'm done developing and I'm hang drying these negatives, they get dirty. 
you know mm, uh, yeah. there's yeah. dust in the air they're definitely not the cleanest of negatives uh, <laughs> although i do think that's kind of part of the process and i think that to me analog photography is so cool because it is a process right you know you you yeah. are kind of you have a relationship with the image not just when you take it but through uh, its entire fruition, right? You are, you are manipulating that negative as you develop it. Whatever, whatever you screw up, whatever happy accidents you find, that is part of the story of that negative, um, and that, that, you know, image ultimately, um, which, like I said, I think is cool and part of, part of that. I think when I was down in Ecuador for those first few months, I did a lot of photographing, obviously. I was, mm. I was taking pictures. I was uh, kind of, you know, I was, at first I was trying to save my chemistry and my film. I was thinking, you know, hmm. this is going to pass really soon and I don't want to blow through all of my my resources here and now. And as soon as these uh, travel bans lift, I don't want to find myself with, you know, no more film and no more right. chemistry. Uh, so I shot black and white because I have, I don't know, a few hundred foot rolls and a bulk loader and a ton of black and white chemistry. So I just shot a ton of black and white, my friend and uh, Diego and Susie, uh, and they're three very, very young kids. They were one, two, and, or sorry, two, three, and five at the time. I was kind of, you know, like, uh, like an uncle, I guess they, uh, quickly adopted me as one of their own. And, uh, Hmm. I photographed the kind of weird transition uh, from living in a city to all of a sudden being in this open space, having extremely busy parents to all of a sudden having parents who are around all the time, (laughs) you know, dealing with the fear of the pandemic, but the joy of having time with family, kind of all of these intersecting themes. I, I think more than anything was photographing as a way it was, it was therapeutic, right? It was, it it gave me something to do. I, I would photograph a few rolls each day and then all of a sudden I'd have a few rolls that I could process. And then all of a sudden I'd have a few rolls that I could scan and then I had Hmm. a few rolls that I could edit, you know, and and that gave me, something to focus on. And when I came back to the United States, I realized that I, uh, without really meaning to, had kind of a cool little body of work, uh, a cool little Mm. story. So those negatives uh, were not the cleanest of negatives, you know, like I said, Uh, but they, they were part of that story to me. They were part of those, those little imperfections, uh, scratches, you know, maybe I'll have taped them up to hang and then the cat will come in and Bat at them, you know, and scratch yeah. the shit out of them. You know, those those little uh-huh. uh, things are kind of part of that story to me. And I actually, I uh, I came home and was trying to figure out what to do with them. I applied to some grants and I actually got some grant money from Nat Geo to uh, uh. go back down and kind of flush it out into an actual project. And now I'm coming out with my own, my own, my very own first book. Yay! That's amazing. Uh. Excited about, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What, like, what, what was what before you got the grants and all that stuff? What was your original purpose for going down mm. there and doing that? Was it just a personal thing, or yeah, you personal just... work? Uh, okay, I, um, I would love to say that I had some cool assignment and going down mm. there to you know document some, I don't know, rainforest deforestation or something you know meaningful. Yeah. That that's always been something that I've. Uh, if there's if there's ever been a goal for me in my work, it is ultimately to create work that uh, has some sort of impact, you know, some sort of 
promote some yeah. sort of change or um, mm. I, I've, I've grown up with a pretty privileged life and I, I would love to be able to, I don't know, to give back a little bit, you know, to be able to dedicate my work to telling stories that, that mean something, but I'm not there yet. You know, uh, people are not sending me on awesome uh, assignments yet. They will soon, guarantee mm-hmm. it. But, put it out there, uh, put it out until there. Then, until then, I'm yeah doing personal work. I'm, I'm trying to do this on my own uh, and show that I can do this uh, and that I'm capable of this. And this was, I was, I was actually, I still am kind of thinking that the project that I want to focus on is kind of more in the, so less 35 millimeter street photography, black and white, less, you know, gritty, uh, and mm. more think Alex South portraiture. Yeah. Really kind of exploring these different places through uh, deliberate, intentional portraiture, clean, yeah. colorful portraits. Uh, so that was uh, the intention before, and that will be again uh, my intention going down. However, I will say after uh, doing a pretty deep Joel Mirowitz dive recently, I think that I want to now <laughs> accompany, uh, <laughs> accompany uh, those, and I'm not sure if I'll do those portraits on my four by five or if I'll shoot medium format, I would love to say that I have the fortitude and patience uh, and money to shoot four by five the whole time. Um, But I think that my recent work in four by five has really taught me how much I appreciate uh, the fluidity of uh, a handheld medium format camera. Yeah. Yeah. So I will, whether it be four by five or medium format, I want to create these portraits that like I said, are much more intentional. I'm, you know, having a, an obvious interaction with my subject, uh, but then pair them with black and white 35 millimeter street photography stuff. Kind of, I, I don't want to give up that that feeling of kind of instantaneous imagery that is maybe off the cuff and uh, a little more uh, fly by the wire. I, I really do enjoy that aspect of 35 millimeter and also black and white. So I, I don't know. I, I I think I'll figure it out as I go, um, but I, I could very well see it being a mix of the two. Yeah. I think those two styles, you know, kind of would would really complement each other very well, mm-hmm. you know. Like we were saying about plans, you know, you make one plan and mm-hmm. things change completely. So. Oh, Especially yeah. on something like that. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm really excited. I, 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 I really enjoy having the mental space that you have mm. when you're on the road for long periods of time to explore more. I, I wouldn't really consider it a long form project. This will be over the span of probably six months. So not too long, but kind of have having that, that brain space to uh, focus on whatever it is you're focusing on. And I'm really looking forward to getting back to that. I've been here in LA and I'm freaking loving it, but man, mm-hmm. it, uh, it's a city. Yeah. <laughs> <It> gets, yeah. <laughs> and it's so big too. It's so like, big, yeah. And there's so many people doing such awesome work, you know. It's yeah, it's intimidating. Totally. Yeah. But I, you were just in you were just in Antarctica for like a, a work thing, right? That's what, what one of the first yeah, times you yeah. tried to reach out. You were on your way. What was that like? I am very lucky to. This was actually my third time down to Antarctica. I'm very lucky to wow. have this uh, seemingly continuous opportunity to go down. It's, it's a pretty amazing place, you know. It's. Uh, it's very otherworldly. I, I I think of it 
as you know, we've got space, we've got the bottom of the ocean, and then mm. we've got Antarctica. These these expansive spaces that uh, are largely unexplored and hold so much mystery. I love that stuff. I'm watching yeah. every like Netflix <laughs> yeah. documentary I can yeah. find. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. I, uh, let's see. When I was living out of my vehicle, it was kind of was and still am just completely broke, you know, no money. Mm. And mm-hmm. I, um, I found this job working for doing actually mostly video work, uh, some photo stuff too, but mostly video work for ultra luxury expedition cruise lines. So, mm. um, it's tourism. Um, people come down, spend all sorts of money wanting to go on these extremely nice small ships to remote parts of the world. And the companies as a service provide a video, uh, that it's kind of like a dumbed down shitty version of planet earth. I'm producing it myself. I'm oh, wow. shooting, <laughs> shooting all day, come back and edit. And I put together a, a video that encompasses all of the wildlife and nature that uh, these people saw on the three weeks that they were on the ship for. So I'm out filming whales or bears or oh, that's fun. Know, glaciers oh. <laughs> or wh- wh- whatever, whatever it is, wherever I am, which is great. Uh, I didn't really realize that I enjoyed nature uh, photography until I started doing it. And uh-huh. it is very, very fun. Uh, and I love hmm. it. I, I'm I'm hooked. Yeah, Antarctica is one of the places that I've had the opportunity to go with that. And that is, that's great. I was down there uh, this last winter for uh, about six weeks, hanging out with the penguins and photographing <laughs> the whales and uh, yeah, staring at glaciers. Yeah, yeah, it was really sweet. I am. Are you also like photographing the tourists, like for, for them? No, uh, luckily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> There are some companies that uh, that focus on uh, the guests, which, you know, would be fine. I have actually often thought that in some of these videos, a, a smile here or there, someone's face would be nice. Mm, you yeah. know, I think yeah. the, the, I, I'm with these people who are, well, myself included, witnessing this incredible slice of life play out in front of us. And my, I mean, I have a giant smile on my face and the people next mm-hmm. to me have giant smiles on their face and kind of, you know, I... I my, my, my passion has always been to photograph people. I, I love, I love right. telling people stories. And so, mm-hmm. um, while I am focused on the wildlife and the nature, uh, I, I would also like to sometimes include some of those, you know, get an interview with that old lady who saw that whale jump over there because she's ecstatic, you know, and that yeah. energy is, that energy is, is really fun to be around and to witness and to partake in. Uh, so that's, I don't know. It's 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 mostly just uh, wildlife stuff. But however, I do at the end of each voyage get to present that video to a room of I don't know two hundred people, and oh, they that's are really cool. So excited! Yeah. I think that yeah. in, in, <laughs> it's you know I don't want to sugar. It's not glamorous work by any means. I wish that I was out there with like the BBC or you know getting yeah, dirty yeah. and like you know staying up all night to get that shot and. I think that would really be a dream come true. This is so far from that. Uh, but I'm hmm. still, I'm, I'm not complaining by any means to have the opportunity to still go to these places. Uh, I will say, though, uh, one of the cool parts about it is showing the work. I think that these days, 99% of the 
feedback or interaction we have with our audience, people looking at our work or taking our work in is online. You know, it's in comments, yeah. whether it be YouTube comments or Instagram comments, or maybe you get a DM from somebody who is really excited, you know, great. But I don't know, being in an auditorium of people, we, you know, okay, so in Antarctica, there are three week voyages every three weeks. Uh, and seeing these people, you know, sometimes they get tears in their eyes. Sometimes you get a standing mm. ovation. It's, it's very rarely my work that is, you know, justifying this reaction. It's much more of the, the landscape I'm, you know, capturing, mm. but still being able to kind of see people respond to your work like that yeah. is yeah. such a cool feeling. Totally. Man, what a great like learning experience too. Like, I just feel like that you get you can get so much from that. Just you know. oh, I am a fast editor. Thanks yeah. to thanks <laughs> nice. to three years of doing this. Yeah, you know, you have to uh, you have to be on your toes. I am ultimately making the same movie over and over and over. <laughs> sure, and over sure, again. sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Alaska, Antarctica. I just got back from the Bahamas. Same thing. So it's like it's, you, I have a rubric. You know, it's a. Uh, pretty clean cut narrative and you kind of just drop in different clips regardless it's still fun and it's still tiring and i don't want to be doing it forever i'm trying to as as i'm planting myself here in la i yeah. am trying to do that less i would love to keep a little bit of a heartbeat going with it just to maintain that access to antarctica because yeah i don't want i don't want to give that up yeah right. i don't want to give that up it's it's too cool uh, and i'm not I would love I would love to get down there at some point with a larger production, um, but until then, I'm I'm happy to do that. However, I can't be one thing that I'm realizing is I can't be successful here in LA if I'm not here in LA. You know? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal now. What? Where do you see? Where do you see your work going in that aspect? Like, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you see like like what? Do you want to be like on commercial sets? Do you want to be doing more video? Where? where, where that do you, is the million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. I ask myself the same question all the time. <laughs> I want to be very clear that I have no answers. I am far yeah. from a successful photographer. I am so broke right now. It's crazy. Hmm. But uh, I have had, I think that my successes are not represented by dollar signs by any means, or even by having had my work featured in amazing galleries or museums or anything like that. Nothing. It's yeah. my, I, I think that if I've been successful with any, in anything, it's I've, I've, I've somehow been able to get to cool places with my work. Uh, my work has led me to Antarctica, to South America, all over the world. And that's, that's been a really sweet thing. Yeah. That's a big win. I yeah. would kill for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am trying to figure out now how to transition from, I mean, when you, when you live in a truck, you can be broke. That's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're single, you're in a truck, cook up some rice. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Now things are different, you know, and I'm, I'm in this weird, uh, transition period where I'm trying to figure out how to translate the work that I've been creating into something that is somehow going to provide for myself and for, you know, my family eventually. I need to figure out how to, how to market myself, you know, and I think that the first Mm -hmm. step in figuring out how to market yourself is unfortunately, uh, focusing. I would love to continue shooting street stuff in South America and then uh, wildlife stuff in Antarctica and then fashion stuff here in studios in LA and kind of be a jack of all trades. That would be a dream come true. But uh, I think that 
a lot of the times people who do that do that later in their career after they have found success in something. It's hard to focus, you know, it's hard to figure out exactly what I want to do. And um, I think that right now I'm I'm kind of I've been I, I work in the uh, Nike photo studios here uh, in Los Angeles and um, I have about a 45 minute commute in the morning and then a 45 minute commute in the mm-hmm. afternoon. And I've been taking that time to listen to podcasts like this of photographers who I admire, uh, whose works I am either familiar with or not familiar with and kind of been doing uh, each week. I'll pick a photographer and listen to anything and everything that I can mm-hmm. uh, uh, about them talking about their their work or their their history their their path uh, and then buying a book and kind of studying that photographer each week and kind of hoping to find some inspiration you know uh, find find my way right now and I'm not really sure to circle back finally to your question I'm not really sure where I see myself you know I think mm-hmm. that's kind of scary and kind of fun too I think that I got into photography because it has been a tool that has allowed me to interact with the world in many different ways, you know, whether it be, I don't know, learning about seals in Antarctica or whatever, you know, it's, I, I can use this tool to continue to learn. And whatever I end up doing, I, I want to make sure that, that I don't lose that curiosity, you know, that, mm. that I'm not all of a sudden finding myself 20 years down the road stuck in a studio and not having any fun. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that whatever it is I end up doing, I still am enjoying it enough to want to be creating artwork first and foremost. Uh, I, I have been doing uh, more fashion stuff here. I'm so used to photographing people who aren't used to being photographed, right? You know, in, yeah. in yeah. traveling, I have to, <laughs> I've, I've learned how to make people feel comfortable in front of the camera or maybe explore some of that uncomfort or um, now here in LA, I'm working with, you know, professional models and it's they such look a different great huh? without any yeah. have to do anything. You know? Right now. <laughs> Which is, I, you know, it's been a funny, it's just been a funny journey uh, learning this whole new side of this art form and there's money in it which is cool uh the little bit mm-hmm. of work that i've gotten has paid really well so i, I think that and 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 i'm enjoying it it's fun you know i, I uh like first and foremost it's got to be fun it's got to be something you you like so i would love to down the road be a successful uh fashion photographer who uh is shooting campaigns uh that yeah. are still reminiscent of my travel work, you know, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be street style or whether it be more kind of uh, slow and deliberate, I'm not sure, but um, it would be really cool to be able to translate that and work kind of to, to, to bring those two worlds together and do fashion shoots that pay all sorts of awesome money and use that money to then go and create work that that means something a little bit more that has a little bit more a little bit more impact than just fashion photography um i think yeah. that the work i i would love to spend all my time doing humanitarian work but there's not a ton of money in that you know mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. fund that fund that with 
being able to be in control. I think that's another fun part about working in either a studio or just fashion uh, space. You you have control all of a sudden. Uh, you have control of uh, where you're shooting. You have control of lights. You have control of mm-hmm. so much. Uh, and that's a new a new thing for me, right? You know, when you're when you're traveling or when you're uh, on the road, um, you are you're observing more than anything. You're you oh, might yeah. have control of what you include in the frame and what you leave out of the frame, but ultimately you are observing life unfold and you are choosing how to capture that. But here now, I find myself in much more of almost like a directorial role. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. directing models, I'm directing uh, lights, and um, I'm I'm shaping the image in ways that mm-hmm. I never have. And so um, that's, that's fun. I, I'm really, I'm really enjoying that. And I, I want to keep doing that. But I, I want to also still be able to leave that and go observe. Yeah, um, like yeah. Like create work that that uh, is somehow important. It's that the what is it they say like you know your work will fund like your personal work you know mm-hmm. as long as you can sustain you do sometimes we take the jobs we don't want to do so we can do the jobs totally. we really want to do you know totally. yeah. Um, I was just thinking it's coming up on twenty years since I went to photography school. Nice. <laughs> and. <laughs> Um, I was just thinking about the phases of my life and like yeah. the one constant thing has been photography and, and the way it's it's changed, you know, like I was doing the wet, like I started with musicians and then which I still want to go back to real like like I really when I envision my work, that's kind of where I see it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I transitioned to shooting weddings and then now I'm in L.A. and I've transitioned to like doing like on set photography, which has sure. recently come back into my life when I had kind of like closed the chapter on it. Yeah. But just kind of thinking about how. The, the the main constant thing has been photography for me and yeah. i get like i don't know like emotional about it it's like it's like the one thing i know is never gonna leave me yeah. <laughs> it sounds terrible <laughs> that i say it like that but i mean i hope it doesn't i i've had some like you know we all go through like the ruts and everything like that totally yeah and just like when you're talking about your work and where you you know where you where you see it and where you want it to go it's like it's for me it's like it's always changing you know yeah. man well yeah. social media doesn't make it easy when you see everyone's success we didn't that used to see so it like that true. many many years ago mm. we we didn't you know we read about photographers or saw yeah. you know some, a special on PBS or something about some sort of thing now every day we see somebody making their dreams come true and we yeah that's like why i i mean i just totally abandoned social media which is i mean could be stupid because I'm you, know, you gain I'm close to it. You, I mean yeah. it dude it opens so many doors and it gives you so many opportunities when you're there yeah. but it also makes you it comes at a cost. It also made me very mm-hmm. miserable so I yeah. had to I had to let go which sucks cuz yeah. like I miss it, you know. I love that like Jason Lee cuz I'm like you know subscribed to his yeah, newsletter yeah. like I'm sure a lot of us are where he'll be like I'm taking a break like don't look for me on Instagram yeah. and yeah. then he'll be like I'm back. I've created all this this work in the meantime. Like I'm like that's a really smart way to do it. Yeah. And I kind of love that, like you know, to be able to step away and come back with the intent of creating work. Like I'm always totally. like on the edge of being like, all right, I'm gonna. I mean, I like I've I took taken little breaks, but but like I mean, I'll okay, I'll be open. I was you know I had a pretty rough first trimester, and I took a pregnancy, so I took some time away just to you know, not feel good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wish I had, like, I'm the, I wish I was able to like take time away and, sure. and go do that. Like, you know, create work. The artistic process is, you know, 
can't force it, right? It ebbs no. and flows. Sometimes it's a trickle and sometimes it's a, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, a flowing river. Uh, and I think that's okay and you have to be okay with it. I think the hard thing about social media is it uh, it really has trained us to be producing work, you know, and popping out work every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is maybe great for some types of artists, but I think for most of us, that's just not how it works. You know, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some, some of our artwork just doesn't, you know, it requires so much more than that, you know, and uh, I'm trying to retrain myself. I, I graduated school and hit the road and me and some friends drove down to South America uh, over the course of a year back in 2014. And that was kind of when I first got into Instagram. And Mm. ever since then, it's been such a focus, you know, it's been, Mm. it's been this kind of, it has been the platform for my work, which I think has, like you said, Tim kind of opened so many doors and, you know, I've made so many great connections and whatnot. You know, I found some work that way and that's all great stuff. But I, I would beg to differ that it has been more detrimental, uh, to Mm. it's, I feel like it's, it's stunting, right? Like, yes, it is pushing you to create work and, and push stuff out all the time, which in some way could be seen as maybe motivating. But Mm -hmm. yeah, man, I think that the quality of my work and how I compose, how I, approach projects how i don't even think in i don't when i finished school you know i was thinking about uh series is like how to Mm, piece images together to tell a narrative over you know the course of uh, a book or whatever and now i probably like so many people catch myself photographing for instagram and that is so far from what i want to be doing you know, especially with film, film photography, it's like we're that's like it's the process should be slowing us down. And we're like and like I've got to get it developed and scanned and up mm-hmm. as fast yeah, as possible. Totally. And it's yeah. like, that's not even the point. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, I toy with the idea of getting off of it altogether as well. I think that I would be a better artist for it, but I'm also so invested in it. You know, it's a know. hard, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a hard thing, um, and I, I, I love getting feedback. You know, and mm. uh, oh, I know. I, yeah. I'm still trying to figure out where I'd be getting that feedback otherwise. And right. Yeah, I don't know. I am well. I'm still on Instagram, so I'm very. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <real>. man. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was really hard for me to break it. And when I did, I mean, I didn't go on for like six months. I know. Like, didn't even touch it. And like now, I, it's pretty cool because I have this podcast. So I get to go on. I yeah, get to avoid true. my that's... account and go oh, yeah. on the podcast account. And like, yeah. it's so oh, random. Yeah, like right. the photos yeah. that I get to see, it's not like <laughs> everything. You know how the algorithm is. It, it builds sure. up everything that you find interesting. Our yeah. Instagram is not built like that. So nope. right. I... I get right. to see things that are different and it's nice and there's no competition and it's it's yeah. it's just someday I'll go back. I mean maybe I won't because the word on the street Instagram's, you know, dead for photography. Oh, so it's terrible with all the reels. Don't even get me started. Yeah. I uh have all this video footage of all of these animals, you know, penguins and whales and stuff oh, like that. And yeah. I haven't really known what to do with it. And so I'm I'm kind of playing around with the idea of focusing less on putting my images up on there. I also kind of think that you're, you, you degrade 
your work by only sharing mm-hmm. it on Instagram. Mm. When you when you share yeah. all of your best pictures or your favorite pictures, your most meaningful pictures on Instagram, you get a reaction and then and then it's done. Yep. Poof. People move on. Uh, and I think that I would much rather uh, keep those for print sales or for yeah, books or for, book, yeah. um, you know, if people want to see that my best work, then they have to go to my website or they have to buy yeah. my book or they have to get the yeah. zine or whatever it is. And, and then there will be new stuff in that book that people haven't seen. You know, I don't want to yeah, sell yeah. a book of images that people have already seen you know um yeah yeah but kind of saving those for uh cooler fun projects and uh interacting with the community that i've built uh and been a part of for years now uh through uh these videos that i'm doing nothing with any uh otherwise yeah that's a great idea though i love that plus i love when when you're like oh you have all this stuff you never thought you'd do anything with like oh I'll, i'll i'll make a little clip here and yeah exactly yeah that's kind of fun We'll be right back with a listener question for Aiden, right after this message from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just wanted to pop in quick and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Develop and Hang Nights. We've done a bunch of these already. They're a ton of fun. We develop some film. We laugh. We talk shop. It's just an all-around good time. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Patreon is the best way to support the show. Thanks. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Drews.Darkroom. And they wanted to know, what is your go-to kit for traveling overseas with film cameras? Good question. Yeah, that was a great question. That's a great question. For a long time, it was my uh, trusty Leica M6. Uh, I have loved buying and selling cameras for a long time. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> the M6 I got back in I think 2012 right out of college and it is a camera oh. that I've had longest I don't think I'll ever sell it uh, you probably paid not that much for it either oh, huh? I paid under a thousand dollars for it with yeah. a uh, <laughs> 50 millimeter Sumilux. Uh wow yeah I know Dang um, so, <laughs> the good uh, old days w- Mm-hmm. Yeah, good old days. That was uh, my go-to for a very long time. But I, in the past few years, have been shooting a ton of medium format. In one of my earlier travels down to South America, I had a 5D Mark II with all sorts of cool lenses, and everything got stolen. Um, oh. And ah. it was about 
three months, three months into a six month trip. Uh, this is a different one, a different trip. I think I was 23. I was junior in college. Um, and I'd taken a semester off, uh, to focus on some, uh, personal work down there and all my digital stuff, all my, my whole kit got stolen. My little hard drives that I was traveling with got stolen. Oh, all my images man. were gone. I Jeez. was devastated at the time, but looking back, I'm sure that wasn't anything great on there anyway. Regardless, <laughs> uh, regardless, I, I was pretty bummed and I sent an email. I had, I had two friends coming down, uh, to visit, uh, for the last three months. And so I sent an email to all of the, uh, students and faculty in my photo and film programs in Montana with the Montana State in Bozeman. And, uh, I said, Hey guys, I'm down here in South America and all my shit got stolen. Uh, does anybody have anything they could sell me? And my teacher was like, you can borrow my, uh, Mamiya, Mamiya 7-2. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, Oh, film. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll shoot film instead. You know, it's, it's hard to switch systems, <laughs> yeah. uh, when you are invested into a system, yeah. but when everything, yeah. when everything is stolen, uh, you kind of yeah, start. Yeah. You know? yep. <laughs> so, um, I did get a little, I got a little bit of insurance money back. Uh, and with that insurance money, I bought 200 rolls of film and he sent me down the Mamiya 7 with the 80 millimeter, and I bought the 43 millimeter, which to this day is one of my favorite lenses, mm. uh, and the 150. And I shot for three months the Mamiya 7, and I absolutely fell in love with it. I was convinced that when I got home, he would just be like, you know what, keep it. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> I had to give yeah. it back. <laughs> I had to give it back. Uh, and it took me <laughs> until just a few years ago to pick up uh, one for myself. And luckily, I did so before the price hike. I think yeah. I got yeah. it good, for good. $1,600. Oh, wow. Woo. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so that is now my go-to medium format camera. Um, it's small-ish, right? You know, it's... Uh, yeah. It's a large 35 millimeter camera. It's a small medium format camera. Uh, the negatives are gorgeous. Um, the, the body is not very large. It has its limitations. The lenses are fairly slow. They're all, you know, around F4. Yeah. And at first I was thinking, you know, that's not going to really cut it for portraiture. I really like to have sometimes some selective focus, whatever. But I've, I've, yeah. I've been really surprised at if you, if you set your say 80 mil to minimum focus and put your subject right there at minimum focus, you get a waist up shot with really nice, really nice out of focus backgrounds. It's, mm. it's nicer than I would have expected in a four lens being, but uh, that has to be probably my favorite go-to camera. I will say after having in Antarctica this last winter, uh, my trusty Pentax 6.7, is rapidly climbing the ranks of favorite camera. Mm. It is mm. another yeah. great camera. Not yeah. a very friendly travel camera. It is a chunk nope. of oh, metal, uh -uh. but uh, the images that you get off of it are so nice. Um, I oh yeah. When I go down to uh, South America uh, later this year for this uh, trip, I will bring my Mamiya Seven as well as my Pentax. Uh, the advantage of having a truck, obviously, is I can carry a bunch of yeah. shit with me. But the big boys, for yeah, light nice. travel, Mamiya 7, if I can afford to roll a Pelican case down, then Pentax 6-7. Long-winded answer. Great, great answer, though. 
Yeah. Man, well, I guess we got to ask you the two. Well, we probably heard your yeah, answers but you pick here. One but, um, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll give you the. It's a two part camera question. The first part of said question is the desert island. Is there one that, you know, you just can't live without? What's it going to be and why? I would probably say the. Well. I don't really know. There's not there's not an yeah. easy answer. Nope. I would say the M6 just because it has it's been the camera for me. It's, it's been the camera that has lasted the longest for me that I haven't sold yeah. uh, or traded or or broken, you know. It's the camera that I've dropped the yeah. most. It's the camera that I've I don't know. It's it's been with me for my whole almost my whole photographic career and I yeah, it, I would say that it's probably that. I, I love medium format negatives. I love large format negatives. But, man, there's something about the small form factor mm, and yeah. versatility of... And, and, you know, film's expensive these days. And if you're on a desert island, you don't have un- unlimited supplies of it, you know? You get uh, more exposures uh, each yeah, roll with 36. 35 millimeters, so... <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I was almost scammed for a, for a like a on uh, these these like offer up and Etsy they have insane deals and I'm like is, is this real it texts like my my friend like Raphael I'm like this is real and he's like no <laughs> like, don't do it no like, don't oh, fall for that when you sent me that you I sent too, me that Hasselblad, yeah, Hasselblad and I was like there's no yeah. way there is no yeah. way I'm just like searching for that deal where <laughs> not anymore know, girl like, not I don't anymore know what I have. this is my uncle's old thing I'm just gonna get rid of it <laughs> yeah but good Man, answer and I was like you better stay the M6. The Mamiya Seven, the Mamiya Seven is close behind. You know, it is. It is such a fun camera. It's. Uh, I don't know. The, the negatives are absolutely gorgeous. I, I for a little while tried to shoot six four five after shooting what I think the first camera I got mm. after that trip when I have to get, give the camera back was a contact six four five and uh, beautiful camera. But I felt like the negatives were closer to 35 millimeter than they were to 6.7. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I felt like yeah. big 35. That's why I don't shoot 6.45. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Part, part two. two. Part two is the old, the old, the old white whale camera. Is there anything out there that you've, you know, you've always wanted to own or shoot or, you you know, what, what, what is it and why? Uh, you know, lately, <laughs> not to like further hype it up, but maybe the X-Pan? I don't know. Oh, okay. Mm. Me too. I'm still right there. I think that I've, I mean, it's insanely and ridiculously expensive uh, right now, Mm -hmm. and I don't think that it is justified. I think that, I don't know, I've been talking to a number of friends who have them, who have shot them, and I think that it's a great camera for when the application is right. Uh, But not every picture needs to be a panoramic. That's what I f- how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I, the, my friends who have owned them have ultimately sold them because uh, it's not. I mean, it's a great camera if you can have it in a kit of other cameras. But if it's the only camera yeah. that you have walking around yeah. with, then not like I said, not every photo is going to be necessarily the right application for panorama. So I would say right. probably. Probably that. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about all sorts of cameras. There's, there's yeah. so much out there that I would love to play with. I don't know. Yeah, probably X-Pan. Me too. X-Pan's a good answer. That's a great yeah. answer. Yeah. like it. Aiden, this has been, like I said, so glad we finally got it, our schedules to line yeah. up and we got this this in the books because totally. your work is absolutely stunning. If you guys really go check out, that. find Aiden on Instagram still. Go check out his work and his website. Go to his website too. Thanks. <laughs> 
working on a new website right now. Right now, it's and will always just be my name, Aiden Klemenko. So uh, AidenKlemenko.com for perfect uh, for that, and then uh, Instagram for now, Aiden.Klemenko. <laughs> for now, <laughs> yeah, for now. Get get it while you can. Awesome. Get it while you can. <laughs> <laughs> love it Timothy where are you guys I'm on Instagram and Twitter they're both at Timothy makeups I have some older YouTube YouTube stuff YouTube videos some fun stuff I was going back and watching my old stuff you gotta it's, come it's, back I, I need come to back. start yeah I gotta start doing it again uh, but easiest way to find that is just go to the search bar type in Timothy makeups you'll find a bunch of my stuff there Chris where are you so I am crispy photo on Twitter Instagram and YouTube we're analog talk pod on Twitter and analog talk podcast on Instagram we also mm-hmm. have a Facebook page and a group you can like. That is it for us. Aiden, thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank yeah. you. I really appreciate you guys this having has me been on. Awesome. Flattered. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. All right. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Aiden, thanks for coming on and telling your story, hanging out, nerding out about photography. We really, really love what you're doing, producing some great work. And it was just great hearing your 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 plans for the future. It was, it was just very inspiring. Such a great, great conversation. Chris and I thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Guys, that's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon-only develop and hang nights and a bunch of other stuff over there. For the Patreons that already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. As previously said before, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. If it sounds like something you're interested in, patreon.com slash analog talk. All right, it's going to wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for hanging around. And we will see you next week with an all-new episode. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.